What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. One-on-one conversations with some of your favorite artists. Find this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Spreaker.com. What else with Corey Mann on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks. A podcast that can't figure out which movies belong in 2020 and which belong in 2021. It's Sif Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly. We're streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. <laughs> okay, I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I'll ma- I'd make him a cup of coffee anytime he wants one. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, I don't Andrew. Drink coffee. I know that's why I'm, I'm no threat by saying that uh, at all. Each week, we'll chat about uh, movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. We picked a pretty intense week to have her on. It's low. <laughs> I am convinced that I am your only friend who is a parent. Nothing you can say will convince me otherwise. It does seem like that's... Now, listen, last time you were on, we did The Old Guard. That's not really a movie about parenting. No, it's not. I'm specifically referencing Tully. Yes, yes. There are definite Tully vibes uh, going on here today. Um, Yeah, no, it's absolutely wonderful to have you back, Lolo. We appreciate you being on and and hanging out with us. We just recorded our members-only pre-show. Uh, which you can find if you are a Sift Pop member at our Patreon page, and uh, kind of went over our 2020s and and uh, and we're reminiscing about the old guard and doing that review just a few months ago uh, in my mind, but literally six months ago on the calendar. It's crazy how time flies. Mm-hmm. Um, in a year like this, where it seems like everything lasts forever, somehow some things seem like they still happened yesterday. I have no idea how all that works. Um, but we're glad to have you back. And I do kind of right off the bat just want to 
apologize for the movies <laughs> that you're coming on to talk about? I mean, it's really good to have your perspective. I'm honestly, especially on a week like this, glad to have a female voice on the show uh, to talk about these two movies. Um, but yeah, that was a lot to put you through, and uh, and we'll we'll get into some of that uh, here in a bit. You okay though? You doing all right? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, we we live in it. We live in a time. And, and a place that is, is currently true. happening. But, uh, <laughs> that is, that you know, is, other are, than that, those are facts great. right there. <laughs> we live in a time in a place that is currently happening. That, yep. is, that is absolutely 100% <laughs> true. Uh, well, we love you and we're glad you're back on and, uh, doing as well as could be expected. And we will head into, head into some reviews first. Um, let's kick it off by taking a look at pieces of a woman. I wanted to stay at home. I wanted the baby to decide when she wanted to come. My daughter came into this world. For the time that she did. And I can't bring her back. Martha and Sean are a Boston couple on the verge of parenthood whose lives change irrevocably when a home birth ends in unimaginable tragedy. Thus begins a year-long odyssey for Martha who must navigate her grief while walking through fractious relationships with Sean and her mother, along with the midwife who she now must face in court. Um, I went back and forth a lot about what to give away as far as what we're talking about in this movie because there is an experience to this movie. Uh, where I landed, even though it is not personally where I usually land, which is I want to go in as blank as possible, and I did for this movie, had no clue, and I think there are parts of this movie that hit differently if you do that. But where I landed was for the sake of triggers, for the sake of trauma, for the sake of understanding what's going on here, and adding into that that the movie itself and the marketing don't hide a lot of these things. It's not like this is something the movie itself is wanting to hide. I decided we would, uh, right off the bat, even in the description, kind of tell you what's going on uh, in this movie. And I think that's going to allow us to have a conversation here. Now, having said that, if the description is all you want and then you want to see the movie before you hear anything else about kind of the details, I totally respect that. And, uh, and I would say, you know, uh, go to the next review. That's fine. I totally understand that. But we are going to specifically talk about what takes place, especially in the first 30 minutes, I think, about of this movie. Um, and it is, it is right off the bat, the, the hardest thing that, you know, to kind of uh, process through. And that's kind of what I was talking about when I somewhat uh, half jokingly apologize for having you on this week. <laughs> um, but, but we are talking about a, uh, a situation where a home birth goes tragically wrong in that they lose uh, their child. And the movie deals with the consequences of that loss um, and of the relationships and how the loss of impacts those relationships. Um, so I will say right off the bat, uh, we've got uh, Vanessa Kirby here, Shia LaBeouf, uh, Ellen Burstyn, um, Molly Parker as the midwife, uh, just kind of give you the cast. Uh, this is on Netflix, um, just came out, I believe, this week. And uh, let's start with how we usually do. Um, again, weird question for a movie like this, but did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, why don't you start? I liked it. 
I really did. I liked it. Okay. Not loved it. Not really liked it. Just straight up liked it. What about you, Lo? I would say the first half of this movie I liked and almost loved. And then as it went on, it kind of tainted it. And I would say overall, just okay. I feel I would like to associate myself with the remarks of uh, the woman from California. Um, (laughs) I I very much feel that way. I I thought and let's just go ahead and get into it. Yeah. Because I, I'm going to land in the same place. High side of just okay, maybe low side of liked it, but probably high side of just okay. Um, but that first half hour, I thought Ooh, yes. I, I thought yes. I was in for one of the greatest movies ever. Like it is oh, astonishing yeah. work that you first half hour. literally word for word just said what I was about to say. Yeah. The first 30 minutes are what I thought was going to be, oh, this is going to be the best movie ever. Yeah. Like, and then, and then as soon as that 30 minutes, pieces of a woman pops up, I'm like, oh, Oh my gosh! That's <laughs> yeah. how you're starting the movie. Yeah, but it never. The rest of the movie doesn't live up to that. Yeah, yeah. Lo, you looked like you were going to say something. Why don't you? No, why don't you chime just, in? Just, I, I agree with that. And, um, and am I? That was a really long shot, right? Like, or at yes. least a. Uh, it was a simulated oneer. Yeah, it was yeah, a simulated like one the, shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I guess just getting into it, the it was so visceral, mm-hmm. and yeah. as somebody who has given birth in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- rang very true to me. I did not have a home birth. I was in a hospital, but still there were so many moments that I was like, yep, 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 yep. Like on board, this feels very real. This feels very, the acting is great. The way that the camera is, mm-hmm. is, is right on oh, the like, camera faces oh. and in, in a way that you didn't notice it. I mean, like I noticed it because I'm like, in my reviewer brain, like mm-hmm. thinking about all of the technical aspects as I'm watching it, but I don't th- think it was distracting. It was stayed exactly where you wanted it to. And the sound work of her like crying in the background when it did leave her and just, Oh, that entire opening sequence was some of the best film I've ever witnessed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, it, the, the camera work that you mentioned, the, um, just the acrobatics of figuring the camera movements in that scene were mind blowing to me. Uh, and the fact that it was so well thought out that when my brain wanted to switch into technical, it couldn't because mm. the emotional held me. And that's a really interesting trick when you're doing something so technically amazing that you still keep the audience focused on the story and the characters and what's going on with them. And I just, and a lot of that has to do with performances. Um, I thought both Vanessa and Shia were incredible in that opening scene. Um, just to do what they did in the way that that had to happen. Um, man, I just, yeah, that first 30 minutes just absolutely uh, blew me away and, and, and destroyed me in many ways. I mean, there's just the, you know, and I, I want, yeah, and and I and I won't I I won't spoil necessarily the emotional moments of those those first thirty minutes, but I, just to say it it's just it's extremely um, compelling and intense and uh, and something I, I I was not prepared for. I had no clue uh, that this was what this movie was about or what was about to happen, and it just it owned me for thirty minutes. And you're right, Andrew that uh, that title comes up, and you're just like, oh boy, here we go. Um, and I just wonder yeah. if, I just wonder if there was no chance. I just wonder if there was no chance for the rest of the movie to live up to that 30 minutes. You know what I mean? Like if, 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 if the feelings I'm having about the remainder of the film, uh, aren't, um, unfair in some ways, you know, that I, that I wanted it to live up to the, those first 30 minutes. Andrew, what do you think about that? It's an interesting thought. Um, 
it's uh, it's difficult because I think that the dialogue and the uh, the uh, I guess you could say the uh, the structure of that first thirty minutes seems so improv like the way they're talking to each other it doesn't seem scripted at all it seems mm -hmm. like they're you know it's just all natural like okay yeah you're doing great you're doing great like it's like they were given a general sense of like okay here's a talking point for right here when you get to this you know uh, stage act or when you get to this stage piece mm -hmm. and then when you move over here you have to talk about this but in the time just fill it with you know um uh, just you know how you would normally talk to somebody but the rest of the movie feels very structured and very uh, the dialogue seems very scripted. There's a scene um, I'd say kind of in the middle, but close to the end where you have Vanessa Kirby and um, uh, Burston. Yeah. Ellen Burston. Uh, kind of. Yeah. Just yelling at each other. And I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, this feels very structured. Like I I'm not getting a sense of like real emotion. Like it feels like you're just, screaming dialogue at one another i'm not mm -hmm. feeling much of anything but that first 30 minutes it maybe it's just because it's shot differently than the rest of the movie and it's structured differently that it just it didn't transition well like after the title you know yeah yeah i uh i think i like the second half um maybe even more than you guys uh did which is interesting andrew because you're you're great or you're thoughts seem to be higher than mine, but I did think there were moments uh, where the performances still came through well. Um, I felt the emotion of it. I think we do go on a journey uh, with um, the Martha character, and um, and I do like where that journey goes. I I like... It's interesting. I almost, I almost wonder if I wanted the second half maybe to be more Sorkin. Is that weird? Like, like an actual like court case, but it really wasn't about that. It really wasn't about a court case. It was about relationships. It was about the impact on uh, emotion and uh, the relationship between uh, Martha and Elizabeth and between Sean and Martha. And that's what the movie was interested in. And I almost wonder if I would have liked this movie more if it had been more interested in the ethical, moral dilemma of the courtroom case because the resolution to the courtroom case was one of my favorite parts. I re I really enjoyed, uh, and again, a weird word to use, but I really appreciated that moment and kind of where the movie took us on her journey. But I felt like it wasn't, it didn't, it didn't resonate with me in a way that it could have had, had the movie been more about, um, wrestling with the ethics as opposed to the relationships. Now that's not, that's me putting my desires on the movie. That's not what the movie wanted to do. So I, I kind of have to take it at what it wanted to do. I thought it did that stuff just fine. You know, I just, I wasn't as invested in it. Does that make sense, Lo? Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I, I have very similar thoughts to you, although I wish that it went in a different direction. So I feel like my, I hesitate to say problem, because I still really enjoyed mm -hmm. the movie as a whole, but my, my issues with the second half are more that it felt very bloated to me which is a weird thing to say in a movie that is very quiet and and slow in some mm -hmm. parts like purposely so not in a bad way but um i felt like i wanted them to focus a little bit more on the relationship between um martha and sean um than they did and and that might sound strange but they they gave sean an a, a background that i don't want to spoil necessarily that sort of came up and then 
didn't really have consequences mm -hmm. and it felt like they were spending time on something that that wasn't necessarily necessary and then there was an issue that came up uh and again i hesitate to say issue but i don't want to spoil it with with <laughs> the uh with the main character's mother as she started to deal with something that felt sort of unrelated and just added another layer to it um i, I guess i just feel like losing a child is already such a big thing to go through mm -hmm. and um and it, it almost felt like the screenwriter or the director or someone didn't feel like that was enough of a reason for this couple's relationship to fall apart and i think that it is and i think that that's worth exploring that they sort of piled on all of these other issues to their relationship mm -hmm. and not just let that very real trauma that a lot of people in today's day and age don't necessarily give uh grieving parents uh you know if, if it's not a child that was like around for a long time like mm -hmm. miscarriages and stillbirths and things mm -hmm. like that are often not given the sort of uh, time to grieve that they deserve and sure. i think that that would have been a much more true way to look at this as opposed to giving us a very true and visceral first 30 minutes and then sort of what felt more hollywood and more mm -hmm. like here's all of this drama and this is a character piece and it, it just it was jarring i guess i don't know mm -hmm. no I, th I think that's fair andrew do you have uh, other thoughts you wanted to get into other positives negatives stuff you wanted to talk about um uh, first off, going off of other performances, I think if there's one performance that stands out through the film, it's Shia LaBeouf. Um, I think that there are pieces where Vanessa Kirby is like killing it, like the beginning, and then there's a piece at the end in the court case, and then there's also a scene where somebody's getting something developed that really hit me hard. Um, but I think like consistently Shia LaBeouf was the best, but, um, I, it was interesting, but also I understand why the movie tried to do this. Um, I thought this movie was going to be more about, um, how this tragedy affects, uh, this couple as a whole, but it's not really interested. I don't think telling the story of the couple, it's more how this affects Martha. Mm -hmm. And yes. after that, it becomes, <clears throat> Shia LaBeouf as Sean uh, becomes like a side character and like how his uh, emotional, you know, dealings with this tragedy affect her, not how it affects him, but like everything from then on is seen from her perspective. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm saying it's a, it's a choice that the movie tries to make, but it was interesting because during that first 30 minutes that we all love so much, it seemed like this was a story of the couple you know, if this was the journey that they were going on, this beautiful thing that they were going to share together. And I thought that the rest of the movie was going to be how the tragedy, uh, you know, kind of affected both of them. And we got to see it equally, but that's not what the movie was uh, interested in doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I honestly, for me, I, I that that part of it was... I think on the positive side, um, I was I was glad we were uh, focused on her and how she was dealing with the relationships in her life. Uh, that is that is the story and the journey that I was uh, most interested in. Um, so that I guess that didn't necessarily stand out to me as um, as something different than what I was expecting uh, in that way. Um, and and I thought Vanessa was awesome all the way through. Uh, I thought she was incredible. Uh, I think shy is great too. Um, I know shy has been through some stuff. I'm, I'm going to be completely honest here and say, I, I don't know 
a lot of the controversy with the Shia thing. I just know it's there. I kind of am aware of when these these clouds, uh, you know, come over uh, certain actors. So I know there was something a little while back with Shia. I don't. It's not something we need to get into here. I just didn't want to leave it unaddressed because I know some people will be thinking about that. Um, but as an actor, which is all I can judge in this uh, this performance, yeah, you're right. He's incredible. He's absolutely astonishing uh, in this role. Um, Lo, any other thoughts that you wanted um, to bring up? Just that this had a couple of moments in it that like very, like tiny, tiny little moments that I could tell that this was written by a woman, which it was. Um, there's a moment where we see um, Martha going back to work after all of this has happened and she goes to the bathroom and we see this shot of her pulling down what is essentially a diaper. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that because postpartum is no joke and we don't see that a lot. In, yeah. You know, and I know me having only given birth once, I was completely shocked by some of the stuff that happens afterwards. So any, any like <laughs> light that we can shine on that, I love. Um, there's a moment where she's staring at a little girl in a store and she starts lactating, which is another thing that, happens and mm -hmm. people don't really talk about and and to have that happening while you're also dealing with the death of the reason that that yeah with your body right is yeah such a uh in, i mean like i hesitate to say inspired choice because again this is such a heavy movie but it's it's an amazing yeah. choice to make to to show that sort of that your body doesn't necessarily know that it doesn't need to be doing these things anymore. And you're still dealing with the ramifications of having just given birth, which is a huge thing for your body to go through. Um, so yeah, those two moments like really stood out to me as mm -hmm. like, just very like, like, Oh, these rings so true to me that those are some of the moments that I just like, I loved the most after that first 30 minute scene. Yeah. I, I am totally with you. There's an authenticity to that stuff that is so valuable and, and so important. There's a normalization to that stuff that is so mm -hmm. valuable, important, um, for, uh, for moms to see, for all of us to see, uh, for those who have never given birth to see, to understand it fuller. I, I know one of the things I actually really appreciated about the first 30 minutes beyond the stuff we've already talked about was the authenticity of the birthing experience. I felt like, you know, uh, I've, I've been in four, birthing experiences. I have four children. Um, and I had really never seen, uh, represented on screen how it, it really kind of is. And this to the best of my remembrance is the most authentic I've ever seen it portrayed, uh, through the way, not just through this, the medical things like the way contractions work, the, the breathing, the pushing, all that kind of stuff. Um, but also in the uh, emotional response, because so often in movies, even serious ones, we'll get the the woman who's in birth pains turning into a monster, you know, and, and turning into, you know, swearing at everybody and get out of the room. And like, and I'm not, I'm not, by the way, saying that never happens. I'm just saying that's, that's not the fullness of that experience, right? And there was something that Vanessa was doing in that scene that just felt very real to me, that she was mm -hmm. really giving birth. And I, I just, that performance... Um, in that first uh, 30 minutes is just uh, astonishing to me. So I, I wanted to say that kind of piggybacking off of what you were talking about, the authenticity of the post-birth experience. I felt that as well in the birthing um, experience. Um, from my perspective, as someone who's been in the room, not someone who's given birth, but as someone who's been in the room. Um, so, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, final thoughts, anything else we want to talk about with pieces of a woman? Uh, this is where you might recommend it, say who might enjoy this, who might benefit from it. Uh, Andrew, why don't you go first for anything else? Like if, I mean, if for nothing else, you have to watch this just for the opening shot 
which is so good. Um, I still think that the rest of the movie is worth watching, but I just I would tell people, hey, if for nothing else, you just got to see it for that opening shot, which is so insanely good. Uh, Lo, I'm going to give you the last word. Uh, I would say, uh, like Andrew said, I think it's it's worth a watch for the opening for many other reasons, uh, not least of which is you probably already have Netflix. Um, and m- my only caveat is, of course, triggers, trauma triggers, those kind of things. Uh, do know you are going to be in a very emotional, traumatic situation with characters. Um and so, you know, that would be the only caution. Other than that, yeah, I think there's real value in uh, checking this one out. Lo? Um, I would also say that, yeah, definitely. I would say if this is, if you're somebody who doesn't necessarily look into what movies is about beforehand, this might be one to peep that Wikipedia beforehand. Mm-hmm. I did because I am the complete opposite end of the spectrum from uh, Sir Dicer over here where <laughs> I watch everything. I found out everything I can. Um, I struggle with very, very bad anxiety. And I find that kind of knowing the beats of a movie beforehand, Mm -hmm. especially when it's an intense one like this, really helped me and don't and and help me enjoy the movie more. Yeah, no, that's Um, very valid. uh, As far as triggers go, I would say if you are a person who might potentially want to give birth in the future, as real as this is, I might skip it because I know for me, at least how terrifying birth can be when you've never done it before. and. I don't think that this is something that you need in your head as much as there is some truth there, as much as there is some really great performances. But if you've never done it before, I think maybe, maybe you could skip it until after <laughs> it might be a little much. I mean, obviously people are going to know their own sensibilities sure, beforehand, sure. you know, better than I would, but yeah. I would not have liked to have seen this before I gave birth. It, yeah, it, w- it would have terrified me, I guess. Yeah, I can, t- I can totally understand that. Uh, and I think, again, is probably a testament to the skill of the movie itself yeah. um, that you would say something like that. So there you go. That's Pieces of a Woman. It is on Netflix, available to stream now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's move on to the assistant. You're relatively new to the company. I mean, I've been working here for nearly two months. And you're under a lot of stress. 
Entry-level jobs in this industry are tough, right? Long hours? First one in, last one out. Good night. You're smart. You have to be smart. It's a tough job, but I can see that you've got what it takes. I want those new pages before I get on the plane. He promised the first thing. Where are we at? 200K and two points. Maybe you can put in a good word for you. No, he'll hire externally. Jane, a recent college graduate and aspiring film producer, just landed her dream job as a junior assistant to a powerful entertainment mogul. Her day is much like any other assistant, making coffee, ordering lunch, arranging travel accommodations, and taking phone messages. But as Jane follows her daily routine, she grows increasingly aware of the abuse and insidiously uh, that insidiously colors every aspect of her work day. Uh, this is available on Hulu. It has been out for a while. Uh, it has come to my attention because I do believe... Uh, and I could be wrong about this. I may have missed seeing something, but I watched this movie because I uh, believe it was competing for awards this year. So for whatever the the release situation was, um, they decided they were going to put it out for possible awards contention this year, even though technically I think it came out last, uh, well, not last year, the year before last year, 2019, I think is technically when it dropped. But uh, but we checked it out. I checked it out and, uh, and wanted us to give it a review today. Uh, again, as mentioned, it is on Hulu. Um, so this stars, uh, my favorite girl from Ozark, Julia Garner, uh, in kind of the singular role of this movie as it is a day in the life type movie. Um, and then I think Matthew, uh, McFadden comes in, uh, for a beat there in a scene, uh, Patrick Wilson, Patrick Wilson shows up, shows up (laughs) at one point, uh, credited role. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Meant to be playing himself, right? I think that was the idea. Yeah, Yeah. possibly. I don't really draw attention to it, but I was like, he's supposed to be him, right? (laughs) So this is a day in the life. It literally follows the Jane character from the moment she awakes until the moment she's heading home, you know, to crash. And uh, one day in her life. So what did you guys think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it? It was just okay. And Lo, why don't you kick us off on this one? Um, I would say again that I kind of settled on like it for this. Okay. I I was quite bored for the first three quarters of the movie and <laughs> intensely interested for the last three quarters of the movie. Basically, once Matthew McFadden, once once Mr. Darcy was on my screen, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I like that scene moving forward. I was very invested, but I for me, I was not super into it until until yeah. that last. I think that happens at about the halfway point, doesn't it? Is it? I mean, I think I looked at the thing and it felt like it was about three quarters, but we had half. As yeah, soon as that happened, yeah, that, that yeah. was where I really started to get invested. It's funny. I know him more from Succession, the TV show Succession, and you would know him from Mr. <laughs> Darcy, of course. Uh, of course. Andrew, where did you land? Um, Because I know the subject material is so important. I won't say I hated it, <laughs> so I'll land on I really didn't like it. <laughs> Fair enough. No, that's that's absolutely appropriate. Um, I certainly like this uh, definitely more than Andrew, probably even more than Low. Um, I'm on a high side of liked it on this one. Um, I'm on low, low side of liked yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the high side of liked it on this one. Uh, and so I guess I'll, I'll kind of kick us off as we start to talk about it. Um, I think Julia Garner is doing something here that is very tricky for an actor to do, which is to uh, play a role that is um, still on the surface and tumultuous underneath. And it is one of the the trickiest things um, to do. And I don't know that she she nails it for the entire thing, 
but she nailed it enough for me that once I was on board with her, which was pretty quickly for me, uh, I could feel what she was going through. And I think the subtlety of it is why I end up really liking this movie, because there are enough films. And by the way, the, the, the themes and the messages here are about being a woman in the workplace, about the idea of what it means to have power dynamics in a workplace and how that result um, relates to gender and, you know, so many of the things that we've been seeing with the Me Too movement and different, you know, aspects like that, specifically ha- uh, how it relates in Hollywood. All of these kind of things are, are, are happening here. But there's a subtlety to this that is different from, let's say, Bombshell, you know, that came came out uh, last year, I believe, where it's it's all right there. It's intense. It's it's louder. And this is kind of the quiet version of this is the subtlety of what that day looks like and why things don't change and why there is why there could be horrible things going on. And yet how difficult it is to figure out a way to verbalize that, to challenge that, the power, how the power dynamics work. All that stuff was brought to me in this movie in a way um, that I don't think I had felt it that much before. And that means a lot to me. I, I really uh, felt the, the character in this movie and what they were going through in a, in a way that I don't know that I had um, experienced before. And that kind of character empathy and the development of character empathy for me is a big deal. And so that's always going to kind of elevate things up for me. So that's that's kind of why I liked it. Do you guys have any response to that? Did you feel the same way, differently? Um, what are you guys thinking? Whoever wants to chime in. I'll let Lo go. Um, I, I, I do think that shining a light on the types of things that women can go through in the workplace is important. And like you said, especially in our current day and age where those things are finally kind of coming to light. I... And, I guess I'm just sick of movies that are about movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> about the movie industry. Hollywood, yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. Hollywood. So like for me, I was like, Oh, Hollywood producers are power hungry jerks. Cool. Duh. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's it, so, so it felt like as she is like realizing what's happening, I'm like, honey. Oh, so you <laughs> like, were, okay. So let me, let me, let me just, let, let's address this real quickly because did you think this was modern day? Yes. I think yeah. this was 10 years ago. I think this was at least 10 years ago. I was looking at the computer screens. I was looking at the Blackberries. I was looking, I think, I think this is not modern day. I think this. Interesting. So that may have shaded completely my view on this because I was thinking we're dealing with something that's happening before kind of this awakening we've had as a culture. Well, I, even, even if it was, I would say that most women are aware that that things are like this. Uh, well, not not that she's naive uh, as a character, but I guess just as an audience member, mm-hmm. I was like, this is this is not nothing that is happening is surprising to me. Like, I think that the movie wanted us to sort of slowly be like, oh, this this bad thing is happening. And I from like, like the get go, like as soon as we saw, I think, like some headshots at one point, I was like, OK, I know what I know exactly right. what's happening here. Right. And uh, and maybe it wasn't trying to, to deliver a twist, but to me, it sort of felt like it was, or maybe not a twist, but like a discovery mm. as she See, I didn't feel that either. Yeah. Okay. And I, I just kind of felt like, I don't know. I just, I, I felt like I was being shown something that I was very aware of and like not really gaining any like new information. Sure. sure. I, I don't know. Andrew, I want, I want, I want to hear your opinion on this, but I will just say um, the, 
the idea of the information we have as as the audience i thought was different than the information she had internally my feeling okay. on what was going on was that we all knew what was going on from the beginning but that she as a naive young girl just going to hollywood was figuring it out and and i think the turning point that you had was the turning point that she had you know i think that that uh hr scene um was her turning point where yeah. she was like oh and, and so, that's probably why I liked the second part of the movie more probably. because I was finally like, all right, yes, thank you. Like, you yeah. know what's going on. I know what's going on. Like, let's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, what are you thinking about all this? Um, well, I will say that the McFadden scene is the, for me, the only good scene in mm -hmm. the entire movie. Sure. The rest of the movie, I felt, yes, there are scenes where she's picking up clues in here and there, but I think about 80% of the rest of that is just mundane assistant chores and tasks and you know like i don't need to see all of this yeah you but know? there was you stuff going on even there in the like the office dynamic and yeah no like so, that's friend. what i'm saying like yeah. there's scenes where she's like picking up clues and stuff like that but then there's scenes where she's making shakes for like five minutes like just at a blender putting stuff in and i'm like i don't need this okay. i don't need this and then, like, where she's just said, there's, yes, there's time where she goes to the printer and she's, like, printing off headshots, you know, with, you know, stuff like that. So you're but, saying, you're saying the movie took place over an 18-hour period and it felt like it took the full 18 hours for you. <laughs> I, okay. I like it was in real something. time. <laughs> uh, I'm not joking. I literally did this. After I watched the movie, I started it back over and kept hitting the 10-second, uh, like, uh, fast-forward thing. Mm -hmm. And I got the exact same amount of information. <laughs> it's it's insane. But as for talking about Vanessa or not Vanessa Kirk, wrong movie. Julia um, Garner. Julia Garner. Um whenever there's the McFadden scene, yeah, it's great because you find out that she's been working for this uh producer for about two months now. And after I learned that, that's whenever I'm with Lo and I'm like Really, with as unabashedly and unapologetically this guy has been seducing women, it took you two months to pick up on what he's doing. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't want to come off of as like, how is this naive young girl not picking up on this stuff? But at the same time, it if he's this nonchalant and just carte blanche with everything, like right out in the open... Like you have people saying, "Hey, don't sit on that couch," or "Hey, uh, you, you know what he's doing." Like people are openly talking. People around her are openly talking about the kind of person her boss is. That it took um, not her, it, not that that it took her two months to go to HR, but that it took her two months to realize what was going on. And that if if the movie had made it to where it felt like she'd known for a while, but. Uh, after meeting uh, a specific girl, she's like, okay, I've had enough. And then she goes to HR. That would have been a better movie, I think. But it there's a naivety to uh, the way that Julie Garner portrays this character that uh, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. Let me, let me, <laughs> let me, let me offer a, a possibility and let me know what you guys think about this. I, I wonder if, the and I, oh, real quick, I don't, I don't want it to seem like I'm blaming her. Because, no, 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 no. Like, totally get it. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah no. a fake character in a movie that somebody wrote. Right, and that's how right. We're looking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if the structure of the movie 
handcuffed its ability to do what you wanted it to do. In other words, if this character had been in a regular movie that takes place over those two months, right? You could have seen her two weeks in, spot a small clue, start thinking about it. You know, another week after that, something else happens. And then you get the earring or or whatever whatever it might be that she feels is her first solid proof that something's going on. And that's when she decides, oh, I guess this is when I can do something about it. Right? Yeah. So I wonder if the structure of the movie, which wanted to be a day in the life, because I think part of the point of this movie, and probably the reason I like it, is the banality of the office, you know, um, put in the same uh, aspect of the the tragedy and the trauma of what's happening in that office. Uh, I think that's I think that's very powerful. I, I liked what the movie chose to do with the structure. I thought that that benefited it. But I do wonder if it maybe handcuffed it for our more what we're used to as a progression of a character, because we had to see this progression over one day. And we all know that doesn't happen in one day. What this one day represents for her is proof, not necessarily figuring it all out, but the proof to know what has been going on. Um, And so to represent that in that character's journey in one day, probably handcuffed it from feeling as authentic or as realistic as maybe you wanted it to. Does that make sense? Is that, is that fair? I'll, I'll, I'll agree with that because if you were to stretch this out, uh, over you know a, a month or so where she's you know picking it up clue here and there I think the movie would have been better served I don't see any real benefit to making this a day in the life of movie mm-hmm. I don't see how squishing so much like uh, I don't want to say detective work but finding clues you know and uh, hearing uh, office gossip uh, stuff like that cramming all that into one day seems unnecessary and it actually for me hinders what i think otherwise could have been a very powerful way of telling a very important story i think we're supposed to enter the day i think she is supposed to enter the day aware and end the day certain i think that's what they're going for and i think maybe maybe it feels too much like she enters the day completely unaware and i i don't think that's what they're going for i think i think they I think she is supposed to be aware that there's something weird, at least weird, probably wrong going on, and then becomes more certain throughout the day and more certain of what she should do about it. See, that's the process she's going through is like, what is going on? What do I know? What do I have as proof? And then also, how do I respond? And that's that's yeah. difficult. Like that's a, th- I think that's what the movie's trying to wrestle with. Lo, yeah. what were you, you know- going to say? Uh, I, I have two things to say. There's a, uh, as far as like clues go for me enjoying this movie I, and I did like it. I wasn't like, I didn't hate it. Right. I mean, I liked it. I, yeah. I liked it. I just am critical. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment where she is quite early on um, scrubbing fluids off of a sofa. And at that point I'm like, what are you like? How can you not be going to HR at like this moment right here? Like that you are not just, finding an earring, not just watching a parade of women go in and out, but you are like disposing of like evidence. I, I don't think, I don't think we're supposed to think she knew what that was though. How? I don't know. People, okay. people okay, spill creamer. I don't know. I'm trying not to be too weird about it, Aaron, but I'm just saying. I gave you some. Listen, I'm a naive person. Okay. One day. Yeah. I am a naive person. I really am. I have a bit of naivete to me. And so I guess I, I, 
there are just things you don't know until you know. Like, I mean, you know, but anyhow, you're probably right. My second thing is that I really enjoyed, and this is like very background to what the movie wants to be about. I really enjoyed her starting the day sort of standoffish with the other two assistants, with the the two male assistants Mm -hmm. who are credited as male assistant one and male assistant two, which I think is very funny. (laughs) Um, And by the end of the day, I sort of feel like she's gotten to this point where she kind of has this camaraderie with them. Even though neither of them are necessarily great people, uh, especially one of them I didn't mm-hmm. love, but yes. by the end they're there helping her with a with a certain task that she was sort of doing kind of on her own, and only one of them had helped her with earlier. And there's this sort of moment where she they they say, "You know, you can come to us, right?" Like mm-hmm. that's like that's a line that's said, and I'm like, "Oh, I like yeah. I I actually really appreciate that." And I know that there is still some like. You should have come to us instead of going to HR. Right. But which is awful. But I also think that, at least from my point of view, and maybe this is me being naive, I sort of feel like they were like, we knew that HR wasn't wouldn't have done anything for you. Yeah, that's what I got from that. And even though that we couldn't do anything about it, we would still be able to sort of like commiserate with you and like, you know. The movie does an interesting thing there, right? Because it allows us empathy for those characters. And to yeah. see them as as human beings, you know, is yeah. is not part of, you know, uh, not awful people, but at the same time allows them still to be guilty of the loss yep. of perspective, to still to be guilty of not being, um, boy, I'm going to use a loaded word, woke enough to <laughs> to see what was going on. That that word comes from awakening, right? Like it comes from the yeah. idea that that even though they were, you know, the movie allows us to go, these people really do care about her it seems, and they really do want to help, but their version of help isn't awake to what the real problem is. And that, yeah. that's a tricky thing to, to balance. And, and, and I, I thought they did a really good job yeah, of I that. thought so too. Yeah. I thought so too. Um, all right, any, uh, any uh, other thoughts before we get to our final recommendations? Yeah. Uh, uh, how did you guys feel about the movie not really putting a face on our antagonist? He sounded like a cartoon villain every time he spoke on the phone. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> like, I had to put on subtitles. Like, he's like, how dare you? Like, he was like, Batman. <laughs> I had to put on subtitles because I couldn't understand anything she was saying whenever she talked to somebody on the phone. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, always, I, have, always, watch things yeah, I always have subtitles on, so, yeah. Um, I can't multitask where I'm, like, looking down, looking up, looking down, looking up. <laughs> you get used to it after a point, right? I grew up with subtitles. Yeah. There, there comes a point where you get used to the idea of accepting what you can interpret on the screen and then just glancing at the subtitles when you feel like you need extra context. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting how you get used to it after a while. I started watching everything with subtitles about, oh, I'm going to say about a year and a half ago. And uh, I just I haven't gone back. Um, it just it just makes it easier than having to rewind and turn them on if I don't you know hear something uh, in that way. Um, any other thoughts? Uh, oh, you asked a question though, Andrew. Did we answer your question? What was the the question you asked? How we felt about the well, load, loaded? Uh, how did you feel about them not putting a face on the antagonist? It's definitely a choice. Um, <laughs> I I think overall I didn't like that choice. Uh, overall, I feel like it, it. There's a. I I think I understand the choice because I don't think that's the yeah. movie isn't about that character. It's it's about something bigger than that character. And I think what the movie is doing is saying it could be anybody. It's like, you know, now you don't get to put all your anger or uh, frustration onto this physical manifestation. You have to live with it, understanding it could be anybody. I think that's what the movie's yeah. trying to do purposefully. Um, but mm-hmm. in this specific case, just as a human being, 
you know, I, I could have used that. And, and maybe the movie's doing the right thing by not giving it to me. I don't know. I just, you know, it's, it's kind of what I wanted. But yeah. yeah. I believed her being scared of him. Her acting, mm-hmm. she, yeah. she was scared of him. She was absolutely ashamed and shaken every time that she had an interaction with him. And I think that her acting was fantastic. I do not like the voice acting. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that he warranted those reactions. And I think if they had a physical presence, especially if he was a very physically large guy to be both physically and like vocally Mm -hmm. intimidating, I would have believed the interactions a little bit more, even though she was doing all the work that she needed to be doing in her reaction to him. I, I don't think that performance was all that great either because what he's mostly doing on the phone is gaslighting, right? Like, like yeah. there's there's a lot of explaining the world to her in a way that puts him in the best position, gives him the power, all that kind of stuff, and creates this false idea of what she has to do. You know, like, there's there's a lot of gaslighting going on. And people who gaslight don't sound like they're gaslighting. <laughs> they, yeah. they, 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 there's, there's a... Th- there's a reason they get away with it a lot of times is because they are good communicators because they sound like they do actually care and that there is empathy there. And, and it, you're right. There was a little too cartoonish. That voice just felt a and little, that email, he emailed her back once and was like, was like, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I like, I'm hard on you because I want to make, yeah, the great. email worked. Yeah. Yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay, are we ready for uh, final thoughts, final recommends? Uh, Lo, why don't you go first? Um, I I mean, as much as I've sort of laid into this movie a lot, I feel like I've been very harsh on it. I still think it, I still liked it. And I think that uh, specifically, if you tend to like this type of movie, which is to say awards bait that happens to be about like uh, Hollywood um is like a genre of itself i think that it does that very well i just think i am very disillusioned with that genre mm-hmm. that i that i personally am like eh, I, I could take or leave movies that are about making movies which you guys will make fun of me for when we talk about best ever day in the life movies later <laughs> but in general if it's just a movie um yeah there's always exceptions to the rule yeah of course yeah yeah, this yeah. one just didn't hit it for me. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I think uh, Andrew, why don't you go next? Oh, you know me; I'm not going to recommend this no. <laughs> at all. I think that there is way too much exposition of her doing the mundane tasks, and not enough of the uh, the um, I gotcha or I'm figuring it out stuff. Way too much of showing me what her day to day is like. Because I'm not going to lie, it's not interesting. I mean, yes, yeah. I know it's hard work, it's tedious, but that there's a there's a difference between tedious and hard work. And, and there's an enter- there has to be an entertainment value to a movie to make that keeps you invested. And there's nothing in this that kept me invested, except for that McFadden scene. If that was a short, I would have loved it. But it's not. It's an hour and a half movie. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm going to recommend it. Uh, I I really think it's valuable. Um, I thought it was good, and I enjoyed the the central performance specifically. Is kind of what me what kept me in it. Um, I felt similar to Low in that it you know I wasn't in it until I was in it, and then I was really in it. Um, but I think it happened quicker for me. I think I got there faster. I think it was, you know, after the first five to 10 minutes of, okay, we're watching every moment of the wake up process. 
Like, why are we doing this? Like that kind of thing. And then, you know, honestly, similar to First Cow this year. I don't know if either of you got a chance to check out First Cow. Um, did yeah, we, we reviewed review it. it. Yeah, I hated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I hated that too, but you liked it. And it's a very similar thing where the first five minutes I'm going, really, this is the pace we're going with? Like, this this is as boring as we're going to watch a freighter go from one side of the screen to the other in real time? <laughs> like, you know, but then there's something, I think they they reset your almost your chemistry by doing that. And then you kind of find yourself, you know, falling into it. And, uh, and I, I was into it probably after about 10, 15 minutes. Um, and then I was, I was along for the ride. So yeah, it's a recommend, uh, from me. Um, I but, hated first cow too. So <laughs> this is fair. Hey, you're consistent. You're consistent. Yeah. Uh, all right, let us move on to the best ever challenge. But before we do, uh, just a thank you to our amazing Sif pop members, uh, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, we could not do what we do without you. Um, it's uh, it's pretty amazing to look over there and know that people are supporting what we do here financially, uh, allowing us to have uh, the equipment that we need, the the fees to do the streaming, all that kind of stuff comes from you. And so thank you for doing that. As a thank you for that, we like to give you some fun stuff. You can check out all the details at the Patreon um, but they include a weekly bonus podcast where we have a topic that we talk about. And so Lowe joined us for uh, that this week and kind of talked about Lowe's year in movies 2020. Um, and uh, lots of lots of amazing old guard uh, talking there <laughs> and, and maybe even a little swing I kicks. really I really needed to have two episodes where I was guest hosting <laughs> and we talked about old guard. That's One right. Was not enough. That's right. Yeah. No, every week uh, you're going to hear Lowe's new podcast on the Studio <laughs> DNA Podcast Network called The Old Guard Guard. Uh, no, it's uh, it was great stuff. It was a fun conversation and you can check it out if you are a Sif Pop member. Again, that is patreon.com slash Sif Pop. All right, let's get into the best ever challenge. We are doing the best ever day in the life movies. Now, this is an interesting topic because really, if you want to put rules on it, you're looking at movies that happen in one day. Now, every movie that happens in one day doesn't necessarily feel like a day in the life movie. There are some movies that happen in the same day that you, you know, uh, they, the, you know, I think like real time movies aren't necessarily don't feel like day in the life. They just feel like they happen in one place. But we're going to count them all. Anything that happens over the course of one day, we're going to count it. Um, and- I stretched that rule so far. <laughs> <laughs> I did not follow that rule. <laughs> Sorry. That is fine. It is okay. It, you know. I looked at the list because there's like a Wikipedia list that's like yeah. movies that take place in 24 hours. I have seen like five of those movies and did not love some of them. So I was like, you know what? Nice. <laughs> I'm these rules um so yeah let's go over it we'll go from number five to number one and uh possibly you can uh trump anybody that uh says a movie that uh you want to say higher uh and uh do it that way so i'm not sure how i feel about us yelling trump right you know like for this (laughs) (laughs) anymore hey maybe we have to change that tradition man (laughs) if you can come up with a different word besides trump then all right all right We'll, we'll we'll come up with a different word maybe Get your thesaurus uh, out. That's right. Uh, all right, let's start at number five. And uh, Lo, you have the uh, the honor of kicking us off, and then Andrew, and then we'll just keep going around. So what's your all number right. five? So number five is not a movie that takes place over one day. It is, in fact, a movie that takes place over an entire life. But 
kind of takes place in one day, and that is It's a Wonderful Life. Oh. I stretched this. When I was thinking of Day in the Life movies, I thought, you know what? I really want these to be movies that are like, if I'm going to stretch it and have it not take place over a single day, I want it to be about the sort of mundane minutia of daily life. Um, so for me, It's a Wonderful Life, the reason that this fits is because it's a lot about sort of just these daily mundane occurrences that happen to our main character that bring him to a very specific point in his life. And if we're getting technical, all of those things are being shown to our lovely angel Clarence at in, in, in a single evening. So mm -hmm. it counts. <laughs> you know, uh, I think, I, I think you're fine counting this, uh, because there's, there's an interesting thing that happens. You know, you're, you're right. This movie does cut to an entire life. That's, yeah. that's what it's all about. But you know, the movie is like all, like backstory and then like 15 minutes at the end of actual movie. <laughs> it's like, that's well, what people and also the main plot of the movie is this one very bad day. Yes. It is this one bad day where just everything goes wrong right. for George. So you can consider all that stuff flashback. Yeah. So I think that it still is sort of day in the life. We'll give it to you. We'll give it okay. to you. <laughs> and it's just one of my all time favorite movies. So no, I'm, like, I'm with you. Totally. I'm not with ready you. to say goodbye to Christmas yet. <laughs> I will say, uh, I just recently, uh, released my, uh, favorite 200 movies of all time, uh, on letterbox and, uh, all five of mine that I will talk about today are on that list. So Ooh. there are some good ones, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Andrew, what do you got at number five? Um, well, I have my top three are in my top hundred movies of all time. I think besides one, Every single one of these is a real in real time movie. Oh, okay. so they're not only a day in the life, but they're also like in real time for that two hours. So I'm gonna start off at number five with Locke. Yeah, I, that just missed my list. Um, yeah. That's so good. Yeah, this movie I is. Oh, oh, get ready! Come out. <laughs> this is the most fascinating synopsis for a movie you've ever heard. You ready for this? It's it's Tom Hardy. Driving a car, talking to people about concrete. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Oh, that's it. How did I miss it? No. Uh, yeah, no. it's came about 2013, I think. Yeah, um, is uh, is this a Stephen Knight movie? I can't remember. I think it might be a Stephen Knight movie. Whatever. Anyway, if it is, it is a Stephen Knight movie. I love <laughs> Stephen Knight. I think he's great. Um, this movie... There's there's more to it than that. There's also a reason why he's talking to people about concrete. Um, but and there's other parts to it. But every single phone call he makes, he's like he's uh, using his uh, his car to like call people and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, every single phone call he makes, I am on the edge of my seat. Like, oh, my gosh, I've never cared more about concrete or the <laughs> other stuff that he's talking about. I'm like, I care so much. Tom Hardy, you're you're amazing. Actually, uh, I think this might be Tom Holland's first movie. He's he's, he's a the voice, voice. In this. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's well, a lot of voice actors because was... actually everybody is a voice actor in this movie besides Tom Hardy because you it's just the camera just, in the car. Yeah, you're just in the car with Tom Hardy, uh, Locke, uh, for yeah. a couple hours as he uh, deals with phone conversations about work and life, and uh, yeah, it's um it's it's astonishingly good. Yeah. So it's so good. I, I, have, I love I have, it. I have no uh, no qualms with that choice. All uh, right. So that's my number five. What's your number five, Sir Dyson? My number five will probably get trumped. Maybe not. Uh, I, this is where I had 1917 um, 
on my list. Uh, it's recent enough. It that- is like one of the first in my honorable mentions. So I got. Uh, I by the way, I have so many honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah, I have a few as well. I tried to keep my top five to ones that I felt like honored both the rules uh, of the the topic as well as kind of the spirit of the topic. And this is, I believe, yes, this is the only real-time one I have in my top five. Um, And because the real-time one was just not quite the spirit of the idea to me personally, and so I wanted to kind of honor some other ones. But, uh, But 1917 still feels like a day in the life. It really does, even though it takes over, you know, takes place over... It's a 24-hour period. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, you're right. No. He gets knocked out, and then... That's right. But now I, I understand I know why. what you're saying. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, technically, this isn't a real-time movie. It's just a one-shot movie, which is different. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I, I had totally forgotten about that. But that's why it feels like that to me. It really does feel like a day in the life of these soldiers and the, the yeah. task that they're trying to accomplish. Um, yeah. And, yeah, this it's such a technically impressive movie, but it's also a very well-done, uh, emotionally captivating movie as well. So I had it mm-hmm. at number five. Yeah. Uh, oh. Lo, what do you got at number four? Number four is The Breakfast Club. Good choice. Yeah. Just missed my list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of my, again, one of my all time favorite movies. Um, I, and it does take place in a single, single uh, mm-hmm. detention yeah. session. Um, and I, I mean, like, gosh, I don't know what else I can say about The Breakfast Club. I feel like people have probably talked this movie to death. It is uh, very well known. Um, but it's it's a movie that uh, I think does a really good job of creating vastly different characters and and getting you into their their different life troubles. And it's it's again, it's very it feels very much even though a lot of these characters, it's not their daily life to be in detention. It does still feel very like uh, average, I guess. I, mm-hmm. I, like, I don't know how else to the, the stakes are so low on this movie but mm-hmm. they feel so high to the characters so it feels very daily yeah. that's i really really wanted all of these movies to feel very much like they were about very mundane daily things as opposed mm-hmm. to just taking place over 24 hours or less yeah no so. the breakfast club is a great choice just missed my list uh certainly pretty incredible movie and honestly i'm i'm glad that you heeded their request and didn't forget about them um that's, <laughs> yeah it's very very kind of you uh all right what do you got at number four mr andrew um number four is where i have airplane um, <laughs> good. yeah no that's true this is we've i don't know how many times we've talked about this movie it's one of the funniest movies of all time it's one of the qu- most quotable movies of all time i've rewatched it uh i think a week or two ago and Every every single time I watch it, I pick up something new because every single time you're focused on just quoting along with this movie, the old lady who speaks jive or the autopilot or uh, I just want to wish you both good luck. We're all counting on you. Just how literal everything in this movie is, is brilliant. I love it. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Also a plot point on the latest episode of This Is Us. If anybody's watching that show, Airplane, uh, is is one of the plot points on the most recent episode. Uh, all right, my number f- number four. My number four is Fruitvale Station. Um, Fru- Man, I need to see this movie. Yeah, you do. You most definitely do. Uh, Fruitvale Station is introduced us to the amazing director Ryan Coogler, and uh, also to one of his uh, his favorite muses as well. Um, this is a pretty incredible story. 
of the day in the life of this man and what happened to him. Uh, it is unfortunately a way too common story and a story that will be difficult to watch. Um, but it is extremely powerful and uh, something you should, I would think you should definitely check out. I've mentioned it many times before um, and it's just kind of, you know, Kugler, Michael B. Jordan, you know, kind of introducing themselves to the world in, a, in an incredible Incredible story. And it was really one of the first, because I think this was the first year, um, maybe the second year, that I was in the uh, Critics' Choice Association. And it was one of my first experiences getting a screener and just trying to work my way through screeners and just go and just being like stopped in my tracks and just being like, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to love these surprises as they continue to happen and, you know, reviewing movies. So, um, but yeah, Fruitvale Station, definitely one you want to check out. Lo, what do you got at number three? Number three is, is this is my last one that's a stretch that isn't technically. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Fair so enough. I only had two on the list that, that aren't in a single day. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> which takes place <laughs> over is, months and how months. How is and that months. a day in your... Okay, listen, I gave you It's a Wonderful Life. No, no, no. no, no. I said that I stretched the rules, uh-huh. okay? Yeah, tell me how. Okay, this movie is only about daily life. That is the plot of this movie. Okay. Small town America. Uh-huh one kid and the things that he gets up to in his daily life. Maybe okay. not in a single day. <laughs> no, not at is. all in a single day. But it is, it is daily life. Low, listen, listen, you guys, low, low. I have seen, I wasn't going to put Die Hard on this list. <laughs> like, Why? That's fair. Because I don't like Die Hard. <laughs> low, low, we love you. We want you back anytime. This this you stretched it too far. Minutes. You broke the category. The <laughs> Listen, I sat there with my husband, like, give me some movies that take place in twenty four hours because this list is is not doing it for me. Okay, all well, right. I have twenty. I have twenty other movies I can recommend you. Then, well, I just for whatever reason a blind spot in my <laughs> a blind spot in my movie viewing it's- has been. Movies that take place in 24 hours, apparently. Listen, I I love I Napoleon Dynamite. Seen, I haven't seen I haven't seen any of the movies that you guys yeah. have said so far. So. I I love Napoleon I Dynamite. I'm I'm always fine with it getting a shout out. Uh, <laughs> the but the court has ruled against you in this case, and it does I'm not sorry. count. But no, but I rule against myself in this case. Well, there you go. Well. Fair enough. But Fair it's enough. about daily life. I it's hold myself in contempt. Now I'm conf- now I'm worried about what our number two and number one is. No, they, 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 it's fine. Love Napoleon Dynamite. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Uh, all right, Andrew, what's your number three? Number three is where I have Magnolia. Okay. You know me, I love some PTA. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know I love me a spiderweb story where a whole bunch of people's stories intertwine, kind of like Crash. Yeah. Or, but uh, yeah, um, this is a weird movie especially the end with the frogs um which is i guess a real phenomenon that can happen blew mm-hmm. my mind when i found that out yeah but i i loved everybody's performance in this i mean julianne moore that one scene where she's in the pharmacy i'm like whoa where did it's like it just takes you aback mm-hmm. and then there's um john c riley is great and then oh of course tom cruise and one of his most uh dislikable characters ever you know yeah and then the late great philip seymour hoffman i love this movie so much i really do it says so much about uh not uh 
understanding who we are and where we come from, like on the surface may not be the person you see on the surface may not be who they really are. It's a, I think it's a beautiful movie too. I, uh, I, I definitely agree. I will tell you, there were two things that I tried not to put in my top five, just again, cause I was trying to do something with like the spirit of the rule. One was I tried to make sure you can do it with the spirit of the world. <laughs> no, no, no. No, I'm, no, oh, I'm I get obeying... it. I'm in the life of one person. Right. So like I look, yeah. just to be clear, I'm first the rules and then the spirit of the rule. Like I'm centering, you're expanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyhow, yes. Uh, I understand that. And yeah. this is about a bunch of people and and honestly 1917 was the only one where I kind of stretched that cuz but it's just those two characters kind of day in the life of those two characters and they're together the whole time. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I tried to kind of think of it as, as more of who is our central character. And actually my number three will stretch that part of it a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. But anyhow, we've but all no, I'm stretched with the rule in our own way. Yeah. Like yeah. some of them stretched so far some that more than others. Snapped. Yeah. yeah but, some uh, of them wouldn't be, right. some of them wouldn't be called stretching so much as just breaking, you know, whatever yeah. the case may be. Uh, all my, right. So what do you got a three? My number three is do the right thing. Um, this is, I, I considered this a day in the life and I, and there are several characters in this, but I think we're, you know, we're really about the Spike Lee character in this movie and kind of waking up oh. with that and taking that through the day. So, yeah. What are you thinking, Andrew? Did I mess it up? Uh, no, um, I, I actually think that you're a lot more on the mark than what you think. Um, can you guys hear Roland bark? Oh, you're fine. Yeah. Just, dogs uh, bark. It's okay. okay. I wouldn't worry My about it. Okay. Um, in the background and I muted yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that that Harlem community feels like its own like cohesive person, you know, sure. like everybody just adds something to one person. Mm -hmm. um, so I would actually give that more credit than I think you're giving it. I think that do the right thing, which was in my honorable mentions, is a very valid choice. A lot more than Magnolia. <laughs> I, I honestly think it is about the Mookie character mostly and kind of how he's processing his community. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It definitely, definitely feels like that. And you can, you can feel this day. And that's, that is one of the reasons yeah. I did want to mention is it really just feels like you can feel what this day means to everybody. You can feel the heat of that day. Um, oh gosh. Yeah. I get, I get sweaty watching that movie. Yeah. Um, like, uh, turn on the fans. For me, it remains one of those movies that I encourage people to go back and watch. Um, I'd have to look up the exact year. Uh, it came out, I think it was uh, 1989. I think it was 89. Um, and uh, I, that was, you know, what, 30 years ago? You're right. Yeah, you're right. 89. So yeah. 31 years ago. And it is a movie about exactly, exactly what we continue to go through over Nothing's and changed. over and over again. And it came out 31 years ago. And, you know, it's yeah. just... It's just one of those. It's one of those sobering things to watch a movie like that, and um, and just know that for so long, so many voices have been crying out and saying, "Please listen to us. This is happening." And it just takes several awakenings, moments of awakening, yeah. uh, to continue to to happen. Was this Spike Lee's first movie directing? Uh, I think so. I what I a think way so. to announce yourself. You know, it's yeah. It may have been his debut but well, we can look it yeah. up later but um but yeah. it was definitely if it if wasn't it, is, it was close so yeah, yeah. if it was this first movie what a way to announce yourself to the world like hey mm -hmm. here i am yeah so yeah good job i love that movie uh all right that's number three for me so low i think we're ready for your number two 
My number two is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Hey, that counts. That's a perfect yeah. choice. <laughs> Thanks. I like how you're excited that it counts. <laughs> it's great. Um, it's perfect. Yeah, I mean, it's sort of like Breakfast Club, you know, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it, uh, it, it's sort of a zany movie. It's not exactly the average day, but I do get the sense that this is not an abnormal day for Ferris. I feel uh-huh. like the yeah. character is sort of larger than life, but I think that it's a very fun movie that also somehow manages to deal with a few heavy topics mm-hmm. and and i've watched it more times than i can possibly count it's one of my all-time favorites it's a great choice absolutely great choice uh andrew what do you got at number two so um i'm trying to see where i had uh magnolia on my top 100 movies of all time i guess it doesn't matter i was going to give you context for where everything was on my list mm. um but number 46 is where I have my number two. We're at number two, right? Uh, yes, you're number two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number 46 on my top 100 movies of all time is where I have 12 Angry Men. Yeah. I knew you were going to put um, this one on there. I have it in my honorable mentions. Uh, it's certainly worthy yeah. of conversation. You know how much I love this movie. I do. It's, it's remarkable. I mean, everybody is on point. I, mean, I There's something about a movie that feels like a play that whenever it's adapted to screen, I don't know why, but it really draws me in. I know um, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom wasn't a play, or if it was, I didn't know that. Um, but it just felt like it, and I felt like I was m- more uh, like in- invested. Same with Fences, same with this. There's just something about it that just makes it feel more personal because it's a confined space that way. Did you say you know Ma Rainey's wasn't a play or was? I, I said, I, do, I can't remember if it was it or was not. It was. It's an August Wilson it play. Was. Yeah. 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 Oh, I did know that. Yeah. I'm an idiot. No, you're good. Because, yeah. yeah, Fences. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, oh, man. Ma Rainey's, I need to put that on my honorable mentions list. (laughs) That's a great, great movie. Um, But yeah, as far as 12 Angry Men, uh, I love me a good court drama. And this is, uh, if nothing else, this feels like Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. (laughs) Before Aaron Sorkin. But yeah, I love it. It's great. No, it's a great choice. Definitely a great choice. Uh, My number two is Gravity. Um, this, this is where I have gravity this is one of my favorite movies of all time uh, one of the things I love about it is how we follow the journey of this day uh, for the Sandra Bullock character uh, all the things that she goes through it is a, a movie about um, being reborn in many ways both uh, um, both in kind of the metaphorical sense of what's going on and also in the, the visual sense there's, there are striking visuals that, you know, look like umbilical cords and uh, amniotics, you know, fluid. And, and even the, the movie ends with, you know, her first steps. Um, and so there's, there's this really interesting thing about what it means to be human and what it means to be enter, enter into life and, um, and to value life just just because it's you know life uh, it's it's really interesting I love gravity and I love what uh, Quran has done uh, with this movie so that is my number two all right we're ready for our number ones we haven't had uh, a single bit of crossover this week that's pretty amazing well done guys yeah um, so far gravity is the only movie of either of your lists that I've seen <laughs> I told you I movies and i was like there's a lot on here that i recognize but for whatever well, reason i mean you know it's no napoleon dynamite but uh okay. It's- <laughs> okay. I, I was 
panicking because I couldn't think of movies. You're that good. Fit on this if list. there's if there's one thing you never need to do about it being on Sif Pop, it's panic. There's you're, fake panicking. Fake panicking. You're gonna not be like fine. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> okay. uh, my number one. Yes, Lo. What is your number one? My number one is now. I did not rewatch it, but I am ninety percent sure this takes place over a day or maybe a little longer than a day. Is Hail Caesar? Oh, interesting. I didn't have I, that on my list. It, but might be, it might be that it takes place over a weekend because I haven't watched. I it. I think it does. Like, I think it takes place over a few days, but yeah. Yeah, but it but it definitely has that sort of you're staying on the main character, you're with him through mm-hmm. most scenes. It's him dealing with, and like I said, he is a is he a producer? I I, I didn't even rewatch it, but like <laughs> it's definitely about the movie industry, it's though. About the movie industry, <laughs> yeah. I know. Um, but he, you're with him, you're watching him deal with all of these little fires that he has to put out. And mm-hmm. it's very much centered on a day in his life and his job. And again, it, it, I think it might be more than one day, but it's definitely not more than like a weekend. Yeah. Um, like a, like two or three days. Um, but it, I, I felt like it fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just going to give you a pass. We're just going to give you a pass. We're just going to let you kind of talk about the movies you want to talk about. It's okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hail, Hail Caesar is a great film. Again, I have yes. no qualms with Hail Caesar ever being brought up and mentioned uh, for people who, who haven't... Uh, haven't uh, thought about watching it in a while because it's really would good. that it were to take place in one day would yeah. that it were would one it day twer. would that it were uh <laughs> all right andrew what is your number one uh so it turns out magnolia is not my top 100 movies of all time because i forgot i redid my list to break up you know like mm-hmm. sequels and stuff like that. sure sure yeah only only two but this next movie is my number 10 favorite movie of all time nice it takes place in one day collateral Oh, I didn't even think of collateral. Is that one day? It's one. Guess it Actually, is. it's real time. It's only like four hours. It's true. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. Um, it's, it's been a hot second since I've seen it. I keep saying I need to go back and watch it again because I really do like that movie. But yeah. Yeah. It be- I think it's because so much happens in that four hour period that and there's so much character development like Jamie Foxx is nowhere near the same person he was at the beginning of this movie than he is at the end of this movie. Um, for those, uh, low, I'm going to give you a synopsis of this. Yes, I think you'll really do. enjoy this. So Jamie Foxx is a cab driver in LA. He picks up a fare, uh, out at the airport and it's Tom Cruise. He says, I need to make three stops tonight. I need to do some business transactions and then I need to get back to the airport and I need to fly out of here. So he drops him off at the first spot. And uh, a dead body falls on the cab. Turns out Tom Cruise is an assassin. And he then takes Jamie Foxx hostage for the rest of the night to drive him around L.A. so he can kill people. Ooh. And and the, the journey that you see Jamie Foxx go on, because at the beginning of this movie, he's just really timid and meek. He's like, hey, yeah, get in the cab. It's okay. And the person that he becomes throughout this movie as... It's not an action movie at all. It's actually very philosophical uh, because Tom Cruise just, uh, by the way, Tom Cruise looks old in this movie. He's got like grayish white hair and he just looks just not really that suave young debonair guy. You see him in every other movie, but he's talking to him about how valuable life is to him and stuff like that. And then you really understand like, oh, there's more to this movie than what you think you're initially getting into. I honestly think it's one of the greatest movies of all time. I watch it. I don't even know how many times I've seen this movie a lot, 
I'll just mm-hmm. say a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, producer Phil saying in the chat that uh, collateral is very much like Locke. It's Jamie Foxx driving a car yeah. talking about murder. Talking about yeah. murder. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Concrete murder. Close enough. Different yeah. kind of thing. You can yeah. murder. You can murder somebody with concrete. Sure. You can bear so, him. Yeah. yeah. It's a sequel. So yeah. I've heard at least. Yeah. 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 I've um, seen enough in movies. Send them to sleep at the fishes. Good choice. Good choice. My number one, number one. is Groundhog Day. Um, interesting kind of the repeating things concept. Uh, most repeating things movies would be in this category. Happy Death Day would be very similar, you know, taking course over Palm one day. Springs. Palm Springs. You know, Palm Springs is interesting because they do talk about trying to stretch it for days, but the movie itself really kind of takes place in that, that central day. So... Yeah. So yeah, that's these kind of movies do kind of fit that bill, and uh, this is the 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 granddaddy of them all, and uh, one of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. Um, I could watch this probably every night forever and and have fun doing it. It's just it's just an absolute treasure, uh, both because it's funny, uh, both because it's Bill Murray, and also because it is um, extremely philosophical and deep. Yeah. You know, there's a real depth to this movie that that I love as well. So yeah, I'm not I'm not the god. <laughs> I'm a god. That's right. At least I don't think I am. I don't uh, think I'm the god, but I am a god. Yeah. Uh, so anyhow, that is my number one uh, day in the life yeah. movie. Uh, so, did you guys know that I have seen no no movies? Apparently, <laughs> I, I literally have seen all the movies that have been brought up in this conversation that I didn't bring up myself. I have seen Gravity. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. Gravity's yeah. a great movie. Now you have movies to get to see. Uh, yeah, I, Low, I've been like, writing down movies. There you go. See? There you go. Get it on your yeah. letterbox watch list. And I mean, I've heard of Groundhog Day. I don't need to write Hunger. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, man, um, uh, Groundhog Day is one of those movies that you could watch over and over and over and over and over. Uh, all right, let's talk about uh, honorable mentions before we do. And Andrew, I'm just going to let you kind of list off uh, yours, and then if I have any left over, uh, I will do them. But I did want to mention in the chat, somebody mentioned Night of the Living Dead um, as one that they like. Ooh, I didn't and think of that one. That's actually really good. I hadn't thought about that one uh, either as well. Um, but Andrew, what were some of uh, some of your other honorable mentions? Whew. Are you ready for this? Yeah, okay, sure. Go for it. Here we go. Dr. Strangelove. That takes place in one day. Mm-hmm. Yep. You can you can start a nuclear war and end the entire human race in one day. It turns uh, out. Don't tell me, please. The the Goonies. I love the Goonies. Yep, Goonies is a good um, choice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Huh. That All one made day. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I think this movie gets a uh, crapped on. I guess you could say for a lack of a more adult term. Um, I think Phone Booth is a really good movie. I had it in my honorable mentions. Did you? I yeah. like Phone Booth. I think it's really good. Um, since we talked about Locke, as soon as as soon as somebody mentions Locke, the other movie that immediately pops into my head is Buried. Yes, I had that in my mentions as well. Yeah, yeah, that is a hauntingly dark movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no. It's Ryan Reynolds buried underground, alive, and he's just calling people on his phone to try and find him. Yeah, it's terrifying if you're claustrophobic it is not a movie for you <laughs> yeah uh super bad that takes place in one day sure cloverfield oh you and me we love cloverfield yep got it down uh die hard we mentioned mm-hmm. i think i've mentioned this next movie before it's a german movie called run lola run oh definitely one of my favorites this? yeah it's in my honorable mentions yeah i haven't seen it i've heard of it <laughs> what a what a soundtrack that movie is such a good soundtrack yeah uh Speed, speed is great. Speed one training day. day? 
Speed is one day. Oh, no, it's not. No, I don't think it is. Because the first half of that movie is like in the elevator. Yeah. Uh, That's not the first half. Yeah. Forget speed. Sorry. That's my... That's my Napoleon Dynamite for the day. <laughs> it feels like it's all. <laughs> because it's the day in the life. Because it's the day in the life of a cop. Yes, know? totally, yeah. totally. Uh, training day. There's a movie that's one day. Yeah. It's right in the title. Uh, so it's yes. So is uh, dazed and confused. My dinner with Andre. <laughs> that's. That's a movie, Lola. You're gonna love the Lola. Lo, you're gonna love this synopsis. It's two guys having dinner. Mm-hmm. I'm aware of my dinner with Andre because I really like Community. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's actually I think that might be more that uh, Community episode might be more entertaining than the actual my dinner with Andre. Mm-hmm. Um, Glenn Ross. Escape from New York, and I wouldn't be me if I didn't mention a Western, and I'm going to throw out High Noon. Nice. Good choice. Uh, Lots of good choices there. Uh, Some, let's see, some I didn't include that I really, really love just because I wanted to include uh, ones that kind of felt more the spirit of the rule, but United 93 is one of my favorite movies of all time. Certainly takes place. God. In one day, um, but it's very much a real time kind of thing. Rope, of course, is a real time movie. Takes place uh, in the same day. Um, let's see uh, the before movies. Those actually would probably qualify pretty well, like oh, before midnight, yeah, before, before midnight, sunset, before, before yeah. sunset. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to mention those. Panic Room uh, is another one um, that's is worth that mentioning uh, with Jodie Foster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a little night. Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, let's see. You mentioned Run a Little Run. Uh, Premium Rush. Do you remember the movie Premium okay. Rush? Is that the Joseph Gordon-Levitt sure bike is. movie? Sure oh, is. That movie you was awful. You've mentioned multiple movies that I wanted to put on my top five, but I was like, no, this doesn't fit because I got so caught up in like, I was thinking about having just watched The Assistant being mm-hmm. like, no, that has to be like daily average mundane life uh, I that see. I thought of Cloverfield and was like it doesn't fit. I thought of Premium Rush it doesn't fit. <laughs> like so I yeah. had movies that would have fit. <laughs> Premium Rush fits pretty well actually. Yeah. That you know it really is a day in his life. Um except kind of for the movie very except strange the best day, ever. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh dude I love Premium ever. Rush, but I'm a huge Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I liked it as well. Dude where's my car? Um is worth mentioning. And oh. uh I think that was all Oh, Arsenic and Old Lace is certainly worth mentioning in this uh, category as well. And then one... Uh, there's, yeah, go ahead. Uh, one that's coming out uh, that, I, that I have already seen that I will highly recommend uh, is One Night in Miami, um, which is coming out very soon. Oh, that's the uh, uh, Malcolm X movie, isn't it? Malcolm- oh, no, no, that's the Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, uh, and there's two others <laughs> correct yes buddy is it buddy rich is I, I will have no. to, i will have to look it up yeah. um but it's definitely malcolm x muhammad ali and two others you have it absolutely <laughs> absolutely correct uh which, thank you which is probably a, a bad way to say it so i will look up the other two but um uh what else were you going to mention andrew uh a movie that came out this year that i forgot about but it does take place in one day 7500 we were talking about just gordon levitt uh, it's a rough movie to watch. Mm-hmm. So if you like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, don't watch it solely for that. It's a terrorist taking a plane hostage movie, and he's a pilot, and he has to lock the door 
and keep the terrorists back there with the passengers. And it is rough, 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 rough movie, but insanely good performances all around, in the- especially by one of the young kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. In the chat, somebody says, I've always had a lot of fun with Dread in Bad Times at the El Royale. Um, I do think that those might qualify, uh, actually. Um, Dread, d- Dread does count. Yeah. And that would have made my list, probably. Uh, the other right, th- No, I think Luck, yeah. The other, two, Dread. the other two were Sam Cooke and uh, Jim Brown. So the four of them having conversations about race in America, uh, being a black business person, those kind of things. It's really powerful. It's good stuff. I think y'all will really enjoy it. Uh, I like Phil saying you have to mention 24 because the entire season takes place in one day. <laughs> day in the life yeah. for the season. Sure. Day in the life. sure, might as well. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about our buried treasure. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? We will let our guest go last. Um, I will kick us off uh, with Cobra Kai Season 3. Um, I knew. I, man, this show just, it's, just my favorite thing uh I, I really enjoy it i was i've mentioned this to a few people and i'm mentioning it here as well because i think we have we have misfocused on why the mcu is amazing and i'm going to clarify this the mcu is amazing and fun and great and people will use the phrase cinematic universe it's right there in mcu and like the idea of a cinematic universe is what makes it great and i think that's only part of the issue the issue is not just the world building of the universe it's the Um, the canon unification part of it that I think I really love. The idea that you can have a Captain America movie, a Thor movie, um, an Iron Man movie, and then unify the canon of all those worlds into one movie, that's really interesting to me. And we've talked about the reason the DC stuff feels a little hollow sometimes is because they kind of got it in reverse. They did the, the cinematic universe first, and then, you know, a lot of the pieces. And so it wasn't about a unification. It was about a division of some stuff that we already knew. Other place we've seen this recently, Mandalorian season two. There's a canon unification going on in season two of The yeah. Mandalorian where you're taking parts of canon from Rebels or whatever, and you're unifying it with the greater world. And that's what's happening in Cobra Kai, and I think is one of the reasons I love it so much. It's taking all of the Karate Kid movies and unifying the canon of all those movies in a really interesting way. And season three continues to do that. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but yes, there's Karate Kid um, 2 stuff all throughout this. Uh, there's Okinawa stuff. There's like, there's. It's just really doing a, re, a great job of taking the parts of movies that maybe themselves even weren't all that great, but building them into a universe that says all this stuff is real, it exists, and it means something and recontextualizing it for us. And that's what Cobra Kai is about. It's about recontextualizing these characters that, that we already knew, starting with Johnny Lawrence in season one. Um, so, yeah, I've, I found this um, very interesting. And there's some real real good stuff going on with Crease in season three uh, that I won't spoil. And just uh, overall, uh, even if you're just familiar with the Karate Kid movies, I think you're going to have a blast with Cobra Kai. So I'm, I'm glad to see season three. It is out on Netflix, uh, as are all three seasons, I think, now on Netflix. So, yeah. Yeah. I love the fact that Crease in this season is they're trying to humanize him without trying to de-vilify him. Sure. He's still awful and evil, but they try and make you understand, quote unquote, sure. like everything. But I'm with you. My favorite thing is that the unification, not only the unification, but they're able to cast every single person person again yeah no matter how 
minute of a role they had, they got that exact person to come back. Yeah. And that is like, that's insane. Like, yeah. I don't think a lot of people would realize how difficult that is to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Lo, are you watching uh, Cobra last- Kai? I'm not. Okay. Yeah, it's it's worth yeah. it. I, I didn't uh, watch the Karate Kid movies until I was an adult. So, mm. I, like, I just don't have, I think, a lot of the nostalgia. That, and, like, sure. The totally. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, so I'm just, I haven't. Yeah, I will say this. I don't think that the show really relies on its nostalgia. I think it's just more interested in being a good show that has, you know, a, a built-in history, I mm-hmm. guess you could say. Yeah. Because uh, it's not the same tone or vibe at all as the Karate Kid movies. Yeah. Um, and the fact that the season ends with an amazing version of I Can Feel It coming in the air tonight. <laughs> yes. Like that scene gave me goosebumps. I got huge goosebumps from that. Yeah. Um, so me up next. Yeah, you're up next. This works on several uh, levels of buried treasure because it deals with buried treasure. Ooh. And I think that over time, people have forgotten about it. So it's been buried. Mm. I'm going to go with Pirates of the Caribbean, The Curse of the Black Pearl. Nice. Okay. I forgot that this is a good movie. It's so good. It got got so covered up by the awfulness of all the sequels. It just got (laughs) worse and worse and worse. (laughs) Okay, Dead Man's Chest is good. Dead Man's Chest is good. Four is okay. Five is poop. (laughs) What I'm saying is like, it's just, there's this stank on this, um, on this franchise. It overstayed its welcome. Yeah. Yeah. But I rewatched the first one, and after I got done, I got man, I want to watch more of those movies. And then I realized they did make more. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but this was so good. I mean, uh, Johnny Depp's character was, you know, uh, you know, very uh, flamb or rambunctious and like over the top. But he wasn't stupid, silly. Like there was a there was a a method to the madness that I think he lost in the other movies to where it just became like he was trying to do an impersonation of the character he created mm-hmm. instead of just being that character. But I rewatched it and there are some cinematic shots in this. Like there's the shot near the end where the pirates are walking underwater and then they go, uh, you see them in their skeletal form. And then they go in the shadow of the boat and they become human again. And then they walk to the other side and they become the skeletons. I'm like, that's a brilliant shot. That might be like one of the most amazing shots ever. And there's no ridiculous, like a, a obstacle course thing that they're doing, like fighting on like a turning wheel or anything like that. It's just the movie. It's interested in being a good movie. Yeah. I, I, I love the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. <laughs> and I, for, I forgot that I love the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah. So, Yes, go back and at least, if you've never seen them, you're doing yourself a disservice to not watch the first one. Yeah, big fan of uh, P-O-T-C, T-C-O-T-B-P. It's uh, it's good stuff. Uh, Lolo, what you got? Yes, um, I have one of my all-time favorite movies that people have either not seen or they haven't seen like since it came out. Okay. Is Reign of Fire. Yes. Like this movie's great. Up, yeah. I feel like I end up bringing up obscure Christian Bale movies a lot on this show because it has certainly happened before. We've talked about Newsies, Swing Kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so, so it's, I have a story with this movie where 
down the street from where I grew up or one of the places I grew up, um, there was a, a movie rental place and they had this like deal where you could get three movies on Friday and return them on like by Sunday. And it was for like a deal. And my family would do it every week. And I was an only child until I was much older. And I got this movie nice. like every week for months until my parents were like, oh my gosh, we're buying it so that you can just have it and watch it whenever you want and you can rent something else. So it is, it's, it's not particularly deep. It reminds me a lot of Pacific Rim and that you think of the, the, the premise, which by the way, it is about dragons who have taken over the world. And it's a post-apocalyptic movie where there are dragons, mm -hmm. but it's like, it, it takes place in 2020 as yes. well, by the way. Um, but it I reminds mean, me it of would make sense. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Just one more thing in 2020. It reminds me yeah. of Pacific Rim. That you think about robots fighting monsters. That's going to be like just a silly, like, you know, blockbuster that has no depth to it. But then they really went hard and tried to give it that depth so that it is a silly fun blockbuster, but there's more to it. That's how I feel about Rain of Fire. I yeah, feel no, like I'm with you. Gave the characters so much more to do, and there's a really great friendship between uh, Christian Bale and um, Gerard Butler's character that oh, I, yeah. I, I almost every time I watch that movie, and I've seen it over a hundred times. It's it's one of my favorite movies, and I just think that more people should watch it, and that it's really good and it holds up. <laughs> I mean, I it's it's crazy. Is... You mentioned Christian Bale, Gerard, uh, Gerard Butler, and Matthew McConaughey. Like, how yeah, how can you go wrong up. in this? Like, yeah. you know, it's just it's really good. I think that um, while this might be McConaughey's most diverse role he's ever done, because it doesn't feel like anything else he's done. He doesn't look like McConaughey at all. Uh, He's he's this skinheaded, just walking tank. Um, the where he jumps with the axe is still one of the coolest. Like, well, oh, yeah. like, you get you get a you get a sh shot of testosterone every single time that scene comes on. Um, but I would actually say that there's more to this movie uh, that I I find that uh, it's not just a, a great like tr fighting dragon movie. I think that this movie is saying something that there's a difference between surviving and living like you uh, they're both fighting for something different christian bale is fighting to survive mcconaughey is fighting to live and yeah. uh i think that this movie does a very good job and i was surprised when i first saw the movie that it tries to do such a good job of making this world make sense there's a reason for these dragons to come up then i'm like I buy into that. You're not trying to oversell me on the science of everything. You're giving me enough information to where I can go plausible. <laughs> not, not, not like, no, that's real, but that's plausible yeah. that, um, may, yeah, just makes it a really interesting and fascinating movie. I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause I'm going to watch it again today. Now it was, I watched it on January 1st. It was my first movie that I watched this year. <laughs> yeah. It's a good movie. It really is. Uh, we are we are unanimously behind uh, Reign of Fire and you choosing to yeah. check it out. It is. You know, I I, I really I really whiffed it with Napoleon Dynamite, but I <laughs> you brought, brought it, it all back. Oh yeah, you you saved it. You saved it. Just when I think I'm out, you pull me back in. Uh, nicely done. Ah. Nicely done. Uh, we did it, guys. We did a podcast. Yeah. Congratulations to us for uh, for doing something that millions of people do every week. Thank you.
thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video shows. And a big thank you to Drew for putting together the uh, graphics for the show. Golf clap! And thank you, of course, to Lolo for hanging out with us today. Uh, Lolo, where do you want to send people? Like, where can people find you? What do you want to promote? Um, the Curious Low on Twitter is basically where you can find all of my various craziness throughout the internet. All right. Very, very good. Well, we are glad to have you on, of course. It's always uh, a pleasure. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for making this possible. Uh, support starts at three bucks a month, and you can check out all the details at patreon.com slash siftpop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with us. Feel free to rate, comment, or leave a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. That really does help us. Uh, or you can email us if you have a question or a topic you want us to talk about. That's feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than... Well, being a woman in the workplace. Uh, we will see you next week uh, with our first of a two-part 2020 Sifties celebration. We're going to do our Sifties uh, the next couple weeks. So uh, stay tuned for that, and uh, we'll catch you then. Bye. Bye. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.